Idly ho, Vulgarinos. Today, we are releasing uh, just a little glimpse into a project we've been working on called the VCU, the Vulgar Cinematic Universe, where we're discussing the films of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And with today's episode, um, this is our episode on Captain America. Uh, and I thought this would just be, this is just a fun episode in general, but it's also a fun little glimpse into, well, into Terry, Paco, and Jason. Um, it's, it's one of the episodes where they're not entirely bummed or disappointed <laughs> in the movie. So uh, I thought this would be a fun one just to... You know, get a glimpse into uh, the others will be released uh, eventually we're working on a certain project and once we have everything kind of figured out we will be releasing these in a way that you will be able to hear them ad free so without further ado here is our episode on Captain America the first Avenger Excelsior Welcome to the Vulgar Cinematic Universe, where we're going through the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and discussing if they have any value whatsoever. Uh, I'm Paco. Uh, spoilers, they don't. I'm Terry. Jason. Hey, spoilers. This one fucking rules. I mean, the best part about cars, tell you what. Tell you what. (laughs) I don't know if this one rules. It is this uh, one rules. Certain, this certainly more compelling than uh, Incredible Hulk and both of the Iron Man movies, and it uh, probably measures up to Thor in my opinion. But uh, it's still like a Marvel movie, and it still feels a little hokey, and like that's fine. It's it's not like amazing. There's some dumb shit in it, but it's fun, and it doesn't take itself very seriously, which I, think I guess is the important so. thing about it. What I like about this movie is it feels less like a Marvel movie to me and more like uh, one of those movies that was inspired by like 40 serials that were big in the 80s. Obviously, Indiana Jones being the most famous, but things like Flash Gordon, whatever, where like it has like a light, quippy tone that's different enough from the Marvel tone. And, uh, it has stakes and action that I think are, you know, stronger. Uh, and it actually has things like production design that's it real. Does. Uh, yeah. It's interesting to look at, like visually interesting yeah. and different. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like a period it, it movie like someone... that's fun. Right. And it's got Hugo fucking weaving as like a crazed mad scientist. Like, a Nazi. That was kind of the coolest. And, the, but the weird, is okay. he a Nazi? Like obviously. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. His his uh, he thought the Nazis didn't go far enough. That was his. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you would call that. Uh, <laughs> a hyper Nazi. A libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
Uh, granted, didn't watch this movie along with y'all, but I remembered Red Skull being a huge selling point of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because in the comics, like I wasn't a big Captain America fan per se, but Red Skull was a really interesting character. And the fact that they could pull it off with uh, Hugo Weaving's face and like his facial structure and his emotion through his eyes and like their practical effects mm-hmm. from what I remember, that was kind of a cool is, selling yeah. point to go, oh, that's realistic. It's not no, like I loved Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, but him like to cover up his face that's so perfect for the Green Goblin in the first movie was like as interesting as the helmet was or whatever, but it's, I like them leaning into Red Skull of like stripped down completely you know well then there's there's a scene where he pulls like the the mask off like the hugo weaving face it's like it's practical Mm -hmm. and it's kind of nasty like i like it yeah well it's not just he pulls it off it's that it's like starting like now we are all familiar with masks now and you know like when one will bunch up how it's uncomfortable uh so you see a bit of like the underside of his face starting to bunch up and like Mm. at first you're like is that like some weird issue? And then you realize, no, he's wearing a Hugo weaving mask because he pulls yeah. it off and he's Red Skull. Texas uh, Chainsaw style. And there's also like like significance in the film too. He's like, that's he never wears the mask again. He's Red Skull only after that. He's no longer uh, mm-hmm. the guy that he was before. I, I, I don't even remember his damn name in the movie. Strauss and uh, Heisen Flackens. God, I should know that because Admiral. I'm a Marvel nerd. Uh, uh, Johann Schmidt. Yeah. Mm. So he's no longer Schmidt. He's he's now entirely Red Skull. Like which, again, is like, uh, it, like it's not exactly like making this high art, but there is a little more intentionality than like some of the stuff you're seeing in, in uh, the Iron Man movies. Yeah, and again, I I feel like it is a higher caliber because it's. It's not trying to compare itself to, like, one of the X-Men movies. Like, I feel like a lot of these other ones are. I feel like it's trying to compare itself to Indiana Jones, uh, which we should note. uh, I think Joe Johnson started working on, like, Lucas and Spielberg movies as an effects person. Yeah. so which he's famous for the rocketeer i mean most famously right correct which is it it, it, like this movie feels like a continuation of that palette that kind of style but uh because he was a concept artist first uh and was one of the art directors for return of the jedi and then uh was part of the team that won the oscar for raiders of the lost ark and this this as much as anything feels like an homage to those movies more than it does anything Marvel. And I like that. It's kind of a balance between those two worlds. Um, and I don't know it. I think it's maybe my favorite Marvel movie. We'll see as we continue going through these because it's got like, it's just a lot more fun and like lighthearted, but with a serious edge. It's got, I would say, pitch perfect casting. And I mean, any movie where your hero is going around beating up Nazis, I'm not going to complain about. Uh, plus, I love how like the combat effects later on are like basically 
almost like Wuxia wire foo because he's so overpowered that he's punching people and they're using wires to like make them fly away. Uh, I don't know. This, this one just really worked for me. Like, how would you sell this to someone? Cause like on paper, like Captain America is an original hero that they had to sell to America. Similarly with like Iron Man was kind of like a B character of Marvel um, not, not to you know say that you know any uh, pedigree of like you know properties and such, but like how would you sell Captain America? And like it's interesting that you you're typically no offense, but a little cynical around some kind of political uh, you know idealism and Captain America. Like, but I'm not asking this in like a shitty way. Just like it's surprising that you like this so much. And what do you? Why do you think that is that it communicates to you separately from what it is? Like, is it self-aware? Like, like how does it hit you in that in that way? Just being a fun movie? I think it's a fun movie. And they also make it at the time where maybe America is most in the right of any mm. point in its history. And don't get me wrong. We did a lot of fucked up shit like Dresden and stuff, but... The idea of Captain America is he's kind of like the best of the attributes of America. And uh, that makes it so that, I don't know, it's just earnest and good natured. And like, he's just, like he says, he doesn't want to fight. He just doesn't like bullies. And like, he's, he just like fucking sacrifices it's just so fucking earnest and i like it oh yeah, yeah. Uh, took that, the captain america pill bro that no is i'm not he- because the, no i mean it's like, super the heroic. thing is yeah um and you know he's like a scrawny little nerd and like the jewish scientist is like oh no this is the guy we want because he's willing to do things that the brawnier jocks won't uh but i will say jason to get like back to your question, I think this is the only good of the Captain America movies because after this, uh, they don't really go far enough into the counterpoint of it because uh, the Winter Soldier, which we'll be able to discuss in greater detail when we get there, is such a good foil because where Captain America is the good that America does the Winter Soldier is all the evil shit we do under the surface. Mm. And he's such a good uh, yin to the yang, you know? And, like, Marvel is and Disney don't have enough balls to really go there with that. Uh, But, like, for this first movie, yeah, I mean, I fucking love it. Like, it's, it's just... A good fucking time. I don't know. <laughs> Terry, tell me more about what you thought. I I don't love it necessarily, but I think the reason that I'm not as like upset about the political themes in it is because it's pulpy, like you said. I think that uh, it doesn't really try to be... I mean, there is like a sort of heroic American narrative, but it, it's, it doesn't feel as jingoistic as Iron Man does. There isn't as much like self-righteousness because Captain America is earnest and i think that there is something to be said about chris evans like i Mm -hmm. think he's actually 
legitimately doing a good job. And I think yeah. that uh, he really sells the character. And it, it's surprising. And I, I mean, again, I, I think it works as it works well with Hemsworth. Like the Chris's are just like very rightly cast in these roles. I completely agree. And it's worth noting that Chris Evans played the Human Torch in the odd right. Fantastic Four movies where he was incredibly miscast. But he is like pitch perfect in this role. Uh, I just think it's funny that like they had to digitally unenhance him though. That's the best part of this movie is the like yeah. uncanny valley, uh, fake tiny Chris Evans. Like the, his like deep voice on a tiny guy's body, it kills me every time. Does this now? Does this set up like I know that the what is it like the uh, it's like colon the first Avenger or something? Like does this set up yeah. what mm-hmm. the Avengers would be? Like does is it connected to Iron Man and Incredible Hulk and stuff? Like what what can what kind of connects it to the mcu nothing in this movie except knowing what happens in the avengers i know it's because of the infinity stone that uh red skull is using but it but, doesn't but also partly uh howard starks in this though yeah uh, oh, tony's dad yeah. He's... yeah 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 so there is like a loose connection there is an implication like when he comes to the future but also mm-hmm. that like there's like this idealized golden age hero to lead the Avengers in real life. Like it's a, it's like they literally got a boy scout to lead the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what did you think? Like I remembered. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Paco. No, no. I, I just, the only thing I can really remember about this movie that I enjoyed so much was there's a part where like, he's the super soldier now and he's like traveling around with like a, uh, like a team of uh, actors and like stuff, dancers. and they're doing these like stage shows and like art. What is it, yeah. RTO or whatever it's called? Like it felt so yeah, like uh, they're selling war bonds. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it's I like felt, a USO show or something. It just yeah. it it's similarly they do this weird thing in the Hawkeye TV series that is similar to that in the cheeky weird way where it's like we're having fun here, and I don't. I think that's missing from a lot of the Marvel movies. Like I remembered that just being really fun. Uh, I don't no, know. There are there. And what well, it comes back later because there's a part where they're like, uh, he's rescuing POWs and they said, you know what you're doing? And he says, I've knocked I've... out Adolf Hitler like 87 times. Yeah. Like, yeah 92 like, times. Yeah. yeah, dude. There's <laughs> a heart to the movie. But, but see, I, th- I will say that made that me laugh a later, out loud. Yeah, no, but right, but in, so... a, in a different Marvel movie, that line would be awful. It oh. would be, it would be so bad. But Evans yeah. in this movie, it works perfectly. Like, yeah, because it's... part of why it works perfectly is because he's delivering it so earnest, and it's one of those oh, things. It's Marvel where Superman, yeah, he's he, well, but he, but like, well, it's not just Superman, the earnestness, like he... but he's trying to like show his bona fides when he doesn't really have any yet. Uh, well, but, so, but he's incredibly confident, though. Like, he knows he has the strength to get it done, and he does. Like, he just doesn't, like, he has no fear. Not because he's a god like Superman, but because uh, he, like, is truly a hero. He's only, like, he's not doing it because he has great power. Like, he, he received power to help people. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's something to be said about, like, the kind mm. of narrative with the with uh, Stanley Tucci's character, like, kind of picking him. Like, that's an interesting choice. And I think that it it is kind of aspirational in a way. Um, where like this is someone who actually deserves his power like as opposed to like the dumb god that thor is and the like playboy millionaire that or billionaire rather that um tony stark is like it's it's an Mm -hmm. interesting juxtaposition to have 
Yeah, he's our only hero so far who earns it through like proper morals because uh oh, we didn't mention Bruce Banner, but like Bruce Banner, it's more of a yeah. curse. Uh, right. He's mm. so Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh he's just He's one of those characters that I always thought was corny when I was younger, just like Superman. But uh, as I've gotten older, I've grown to like more. Uh, But even with that, I saw this movie in the theater and remember being like, oh, that was way better than I expected. Like, we had a blog at the time, and I remember writing a blog post before it came out about how... Chris Evans was the wrong choice for Captain America. Oh shit! Which, uh, turns turns out I didn't know shit, but it, like I don't there were a bunch. That. That's surprising. I remember it because after the movie came out, I was like, "Wow, I was wrong." But uh, there were a bunch of other famous people potentially up for the role. The only one that comes to mind now is uh, John Krasinski, Jim from The Office. Oh no, which, dude! See, I see Jim. I now think would be an awful choice given what he's done in the past. Well, like ten years, Chris Chris Evans is really charismatic and likable in this way that's mm-hmm. different than a lot of other what other actors could have carried it. Like I don't think like John Krasinski I think is likable, but in a totally different way, like personality wise, yeah. than what they were trying to sell. Of like literally the parts that you know yeah he's somehow vulnerable and like unsure of himself while also being yeah like a hunk. <laughs> um, well, like well, he's at the same time, though, in this movie, like he's but, one but of he, the more. But he's ripped. also not like you know yeah. he's totally right. But he's also not like an ignorant hayseed like like yeah. uh, Superman. Like he's actually smart. They're like, oh, if you can get the flag, like he knocks over the flagpole, like. He's yeah. not total dipshit. He's not. He's not yeah. a meathead. Like because he he was forced to think around problems before. So it's like a meathead with the nerd brain. Well, I thought he uh, he seemed like more of the one of the most tragic characters of the Marvel movies because of the conclusion of uh, what the ship is lost in ice and the person that he was in love with. Like he yeah. wakes up spoilers but at the end of the movie i think he wakes up by shield or via shield like finds him and whatever but he realizes that he's in the future yeah, they, and it's just kind of the end it's been and like they stick him, 70 years yeah yeah they, they stick him in like a thing and it's playing a baseball game that he went to like on the radio and he's like yeah. this is a simulation <laughs> i just i thought that was just sad and i feel like that was kind of and it's no spoilers to you terry but i feel like that ripple uh really impacted his character over the course of all of the the marvel movies afterward was like he actually mm-hmm. his loss was a more grounded sad existential one than any of the other ones and it's also interesting as someone who's seen the marvel movies uh looking back at how established or not the characters were in this first movie because i remember bucky uh being Mm. like fairly underwritten uh and i was like why did they include him in so many movies and then watching this movie again i was like oh no like bucky is a crucial part of all of this Hmm. and like bucky's his uh, bro right yeah um 
but Bucky is his inspiration to like break the rules for the first time. Bucky, you know, is just a constant source of support and everything. Like, so it grounds the later movies uh, more than I thought when I was watching those, having not seen this for years. Like it builds that relationship um, that that sells the whole thing of like why they care about each other after eight movies or whatever. Yeah. Like after 70 years. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I, this one's pretty well, watchable. Fuck. That's, that's like my, my conclusion is well, that I, like, I, it's pretty watchable. It's entertaining. I hate when you guys like these because then it's it's too <laughs> cheerful and it does it just makes me want to watch them you know it's like there's no well, iron dude, man two like dog shit and dog pile no it's shit. it's coming it's coming just give it give it time it'll happen yeah next one's avengers which i'm very curious about given how i've made a significant uh, turn on joss whedon uh and i am right. dreading uh, returning I'm to his dialogue. Morbidly curious about that. Yeah, I now, hate it. Do you guys do a saving face? You can edit this out. Do you do a saving face on these two, or I can't I remember. We I sometimes don't remember. do it, sometimes don't. I, I think it like I, I don't remember honestly, and I don't think it really matters because like yeah, fuck it. We're not Stanley Tucci. I mean, yes. come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. No, With dude, that bad fucking accent, Tommy Lee Jones. Dude, uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee sure. Jones is in this? He's the yeah, general. Yeah, he's the general. Oh, in charge of the super shit. soldier program. God, <laughs> yeah, Dude, crazy. and there, there's a part at the end where he's, he's driving wonderful. a Hitler mobile and they drive it like off of like the ship or whatever. Dude. <laughs> God. God. You guys it's are convincing me to watch this. I This sounds <laughs> so and, dope. It's it's such a blast. And it's, like Tommy Lee yeah. Jones is actually giving a shit, which I feel like he has not done in well, the past I was gonna say that's years. disappointing. I love when he just doesn't give a shit. That's even better. But yeah, that Dude, sounds it's dope. the best. Those those Japanese coffee commercials are the funniest shit ever. <laughs> God, I don't remember. This that's that sounds fun. Oh, dude, he does these Japanese coffee commercials where he's an alien. And, and they, he's been doing them for years. So if you could like watch like a little YouTube compilation, there's like there's like ten of them, and they're so funny. Okay. It's like sightings of Tommy Lee Jones, and he's like riding around on a bike in the sky, and he's got like little antennas. Like it's so silly. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> he says like three words in Japanese. Like it's it rocks. <laughs> God, I love Tommy Lee Jones so much. I <laughs> loved his sex okay. tape that came out in the '90s. It was crazy. Don't. Oh, Jeez. that's that's not the same one. <laughs> No, isn't uh, it right? You know, it's like he has like a uh, like a husky kind of like. <laughs> Wait, are we done now? I think we're pretty much done, right? Okay. Do you have a closing yeah. thing? Like, I was trying to think about that. Uh, Excelsior! See you next week or next month or see you next time uh, right. when we're talking Avengers. You've been listening to the Vulgar Auteurs podcast with Paco, Terry, Evan, and me, Jason. Vulgar Auteurs is produced, engineered, and mixed by Evan. Art design is by Matthew Roland Ferris, who you can find on Instagram at pestopasta44. All Vulgar music is by Evan, and the best way to support the show is to tell your friends and follow us on Twitter at AuteursVulgar and Instagram at Vulgar Auteurs Podcast. Feel free to email us at vulgarauteurs at gmail.com 
And please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Traffic on the 405. I'm Terry. I'm your weatherman. <laughs> <laughs>